0: Hello, 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 and welcome to the Particles Plants and Patients podcast. My name is Rachel. I'm a mechanical engineer. I'm here with Elliot.
1: Uh, Hi, I'm Elliot, and I live in Manchester and work for the NHS.
0: And Tesney. Hi, I'm Tesney. I run my own plant shop here in North Wales. And today we're going to talk about radioactivity. Radioactivity. does anyone have a fact they want to start us off with? I know mine's a bit of a long one so I don't want to really start off monologuing. I'll just start off with my nice
2: easy planty one um, (laughs) because it's just a little bit interesting um, about plants and um, radiation and if they absorb radiation or not because there's like a lot of debate around it as a lot of plants a lot of plant shops Um, market their plants to like help with radiation and like your technology and stuff so nasa half it's they can't agree nasa can't. one minute they're saying pineapple plants do absorb radiation and next minute saying that they don't do anything so i'll read out this i got from article nasa says that plants um don't really protect you from radiation but they do absorb it so they don't attract radiation but if there's radiation around they absorb it like that's like the bottom so, line. like if you
1: put a pile of pineapples in front of you 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 would they would absorb the radiation coming towards you kind of thing
2: they wouldn't like protect protect you anymore like if you had your no. phone next to you when you sleep and like a cactus next to you when you sleep you're not going to be any more protected oh. unfortunately <laughs> Damn. It's, just a, it's just a myth buster really because so many plant shops and like supermarkets try and market their plants to help um, with radiation, but it doesn't really work.
1: That's quite dodgy then, isn't it, really? That they're offering you something that doesn't really work.
2: Exactly. Um, They do detoxify the air um, a little bit and apparently increase metabolism and stuff. So not all bad to have around you for, like, your health like that, but Mm -hmm. um, they're they're not going to help with radiation, unfortunately.
0: (laughs) There's radioactive foods as well that... um... Mm -hmm. I looked at uh, but I didn't actually write down. But I remember um learning about it as well that like one of the most radioactive foods you can eat is a Brazil nut. And they're they're quite high in radioactivity. Obviously, not enough that you not it's dangerous to eat unless you ate like yeah. kilograms of the stuff. <laughs> but um Brazil nuts is are the most radioactive food that we know of. But there's also like bananas are quite high because of the potassium. Mm. Uh, potatoes are quite high because of the way they're they're grown. A lot of the ones oh, that are grown gold. in the ground because they absorb stuff. So yeah. like potatoes, carrots,
1: root vegetables.
0: Yeah, beer <laughs> is actually um, radioactive slightly. Oh, I did actually read that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe
1: that's why you're not feeling too great, isn't it? <laughs> You've been irradiated from the inside. I only
2: had three beers
0: yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's quite interesting.
2: Yeah, apparently the plants that. um help radiation the most are snake plants cacti um pineapple plants and spider plants And like I have to tell people like even in my shop even though I know it doesn't do loads people always come in to my shop and ask me what purifies the air the most mm-hmm. I still have to name
0: those even though I'm like
2: well they don't really but
0: <laughs> one one a them <laughs> Everyone else is using that as a way yeah. to sell them, so you yeah. may as well. <laughs> I'm not actively going out there and say these air oh, yeah. about your air. So
2: I'm not being as dodgy as some of the supermarkets. Like I had a cactus in, um, and like when I first opened my shop and I had it on its label, but it was actually a cactus that could help with radiation. Like that was its selling point on the label from the grower, mm-hmm. which I thought was very bizarre.
1: Yeah, that's <laughs> quite bizarre. And to be fair, I'm not a planting person, so I wouldn't have thought, gosh, radiation cactus but yeah. um it's quite interesting that the all these plants have those kind of properties yeah um, yeah maybe they will help with other things and make you feel better well, just because you're breathing
2: someone, better. um messaged me and they want free snake plants for them and two of their friends who are teachers they all work in the same school and they want them to purify the air from you know like the children and
1: uh, i mean it must do something i suppose it's moving carbon isn't it Giving you a beautiful oxygen. But she
2: even <laughs> said, like, um, I know it probably won't do much, but it'll be, like, yeah. um, the placebo effect, really.
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. plants make you feel better anyway. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yes. Yeah. You have, to have one but, hell of a plant to help you.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so I thought I'd take this back to, like, the beginning of sort of radiation in medicine. So uh, anybody who's ever broken a limb or anything will have probably had an X-ray in their life. But before that sort of happened, there was a poor, unfortunate gentleman called Mr Cunning, who in 1895, for reasons unknown, was shot in the leg, which is a tragic incident. And at that time would have almost certainly led to his leg being amputated because there was just nothing else he could really do to stop any infection or remove that bullet. It was just in there by that point. Mm -hmm. However, a German professor, a few weeks after this has happened, um, and now I'm going to mispronounce this and Rachel will know the answer to this name, but it's called Wilhelm Rontgen. Rontgen. There's a unit of... Oh, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'll allow it. <laughs> thank you. He noticed a faint glow on his fluorescent screen in his lab while experimenting with cathode rays in glass vacuum. Um, and he published a paper about a new kind of rays. Those were X-rays. And it, while well, it was published in a local uh, journal in, in December that year, and it was picked up very quickly by the popular press and things like that. So uh, Mr. Cunning, who obviously now has his bullet in his leg, his doctor at a hospital in Montreal replicated the experiment after hearing about it, and he had an X-ray for 45 minutes, which is a very long time,
0: really.
1: Jesus! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so he was X-rayed for 45 minutes, and although the image was still somewhat faint, as this was the first real time it had been used in this uh, field, it was clear enough to, for surgeons to see where the bullet was and removing it, and it therefore saved this gentleman's leg from amputation. Um So one of the quotes that the doctor doctor used to the press afterwards was uh, never before or since has any scientific discovery moved from the bench to the patient so quickly. But how long do you think it took from the bullet entering Mr. Cunning's leg to the um, to the x-ray being used in 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 the hospital to help remove that bullet? How long do you think it was from theorizing that it was a thing to actually being in the hospital and used in modern medicine?
0: uh um, so did you say it was quick
1: yes it was very quick
0: uh a week i'm gonna say half a year
1: it was six weeks it went from oh wow. to actually implemented in six weeks that isn't that <laughs> quite incredible
0: that is really fast
1: yeah and you got people panicking that the vaccine was developed quickly this guy was given a 45 minute um x-ray, <laughs> <laughs> x-ray. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> well yeah you're probably infertile by the end of that one <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah, I think that you know the medicine moved very fast in that one, so one up for mm. medicine no, cool
0: <laughs> yeah i I'll go for my fact now then, um, so yeah, it's a big it's a big boy fact because I've only got one, um but it's got a few things that come off it, so my fact is all about what we're gonna do with radioactive waste when uh We've got to get rid of it. So the plan is, um, most most countries agree, that we need to package it up and just bury it in the ground, really far down in the ground. So it's like at least a mile underground. We're going to package it in these things, bury it and just leave it. And we'll have to leave it for at least ten thousand years. Some of them are going to be built; these they're called GDFs, so geological disposal facilities. That they're going to be made. Some of them for over a hundred thousand years. Um, but the fact that I've got is all about how do you make sure human civilization in a hundred thousand years still knows what under that, what's under there, shouldn't be touched and is dangerous. You write in really big markers. Yeah, yeah. So it's <laughs> it's the thing is. As, as humans in the way that we are, um, we've kind of only been around for 4,000 years. And we want from now to go 100,000 years. And if you imagine, we're talking 4,000 years ago, I'm pretty sure my, my, my numbers are right. We were drawing cave drawings. And we now need to try and find a way that people 100,000 years in the future will still understand this is a dangerous thing that we've buried. Please don't go digging it up.
1: So, but...
0: Be- bit
2: ballsy to think we're even going to be here in 100,000 years. <laughs> yeah, I suppose it is, like, but you've got to plan. Because you know. mm.
1: uh, like, I suppose language, it, it will evolve and change. I think it'd be very naive for us to think that English will be any sort of language really by the end of X it. it. Mm-hmm. But, what, but that's it, Everyone the symbol it X, X, the red X, what does that even mean? You know, you only know that that means something because of society telling you it does. In 100,000 years, society could tell you that a red X is the place to go and find the treasure.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, there's a group of people whose job they can't, they, they were in America and America have made it that it's um, the law that if something radioactive is left, you have to signpost it. You have to warn future generations legally that that's radioactive and it could hurt you. So they pulled together a group of loads of people and we're not just talking scientists here. We're talking people like sci-fi writers, writers, experts in language or like loads of people to be like what well, how do you think we can pass a message on when we don't even know what we're going what the world's going to look like you know the minimum time is 10,000 years how do we do that so what do you think these people what do you think they decided how do you keep something alive for 10 an idea alive for 10,000 to 100,000 years
1: well, i suppose you have to look at the things that we as humans of today 4,000 years ahead still recognize as things from the past, which we you know, we don't we, we're just theorising about what they are, but we recognize sort of shapes in the land, like burial mounds, um, cave drawings, things like that. So you, I think you'd need to make something something physical, something to do with the land around it that looks scary, that looks, looks like it shouldn't be approached. But it's very hard to do it without using words.
2: Can I just draw a hand on it?
1: But then why you've got to think why is a hangman a bad thing because that only comes from things i feel
2: like it's all you know that's that has gone (laughs) dead
1: our skulls might not
0: look the same in 100 thousand years (laughs) (laughs) Um, it's very hard
1: so yeah uh, there's
0: loads of ranging from a normal thing to like a do not enter sign. There are some really out there just things as well, probably from the sci-fi writers. Um, Why don't we do like an Indiana Jones type thing where um you don't want to you challenge, go near though.
2: it and get <laughs> run over by a big bull. <laughs> just kill them if they go there. Just kill them if they try and go near. And then everyone will be like, oh, they've died when they go near. Then we can't go near.
1: Surely that's yeah. the only way. You, I think you'd have to go to, you'd have to deconstruct language to its absolute most primitive And I think it's a combination of maybe, you know, if you saw something spiky, just from your biological instinct, you don't go near it because that is biologically built into you. You need to harness the power of a human and hope that that sort of stuff persists and doesn't evolve out of us. So using our humanity to sort of protect us for the future.
0: Yeah. It's kind of like that. So um, yeah, the spiky stuff is something that they've looked into. So uh, some of the sort of recognised ones are a landscape of thorns, so making it just look really like uh, irregular-sized spikes and just like thorny stuff, um, or which range of that's like small spikes everywhere. Also massive spike fields, so huge spikes everywhere. A lot of space. Yeah, th- th- I mean, <laughs> they need to like...
2: 100, 10,000 years, a lot of space used up. Yeah. But you couldn't
1: build on it. <laughs> yeah, you couldn't build on it and you, you don't... You, Somebody opening that by mistake is so catastrophic. Oh, you would, it would kill it.
0: everyone if they got into it. What,
1: what about going the other way where you just have nothing? You don't, you forget about it. So you, you, well, you just yeah, don't, yeah. You, we forget about it as a society. We bury it so deep and we just ignore it forever.
0: So on Carlo in Finland is a GDF that's currently being built and they have that same thing. So in Finland, they don't have the same rules that America have implemented that you have to tell people. And they, the Oncarlo GDF is being built in a place that they've decided is so boring. They picked it on purpose. They said, this place is so boring. There's nothing there. There's no minerals in the ground. It is of no interest to anyone at all. There's absolutely nothing there. So they have decided, at the moment at least, that they're going to bury their waste there and then they're going to pretend it was never there. They're not going to warn people that there's radioactive stuff underneath the ground because they think it's such a boring area that they think if they mark it... People are stupid, right? One one of the best quotes is, never underestimate the genius of a fool or whatever it is, which is... Hello, future Rachel here. The quote was a common mistake that people make when trying to design something completely foolproof is to underestimate the ingenuity of complete fools. It's by Douglas Adams. I like very much. Anyway, back to the podcast. No matter how well you plan something, an idiot is always going to come along and find a way to ruin it that you never thought of because you never thought someone could be that stupid. And um, they've kind of decided that, you know, you see these YouTubers these days where they'll just go and wander into somewhere really dangerous for a video. And it's like ca-
2: dark tourism,
0: isn't it? That's yeah. like a yeah. at the moment. And that's what they're con- there's a concern about as well, is if you mark this place as it's really dangerous, you know, you don't want to go here, there's something in here that was, is going to kill you. They, if if it's been lost, what it is in like ten thousand years, people might be like, well, we want to go see what's there. Let's see if it actually kills us. And so they're really <laughs> concerned about that. So on Carlo have gone. It's better if we actually just I let people forget, let, forget about it. Yeah. Why would you just dig in a really boring part of the world over a mile into the ground? You just wouldn't. Yeah. Also, no the thought processes. <laughs> hopefully um, not. Yeah, hopefully yeah. not. But there's other ones as well, which is, uh. Black, uh, the the black hole theory for it was just covering the ground in black tar y stuff um, and making it so that the ground cannot be farmed and cannot be inhabited in because then people won't want to go near it they'll go this is weird but we're not going to spend time trying to figure out why it's like this
1: because we're we're thinking maybe on the long lines of humanity is going to get even better and advanced but really theoretically anything could happen we could be regressing by that point and living off the land completely again and they will have no recollection of what that is and why it's dangerous and want Mm. to farm it And then them digging a mile down to put their crops in. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
0: that's what they're thinking. They're like, why would somebody want to dig that far down in a really boring place? There's just the hope that no one will. There's also the forbidding blocks, which I like, which is, um, they were concrete black blocks that are the size of a house each. And they create a huge maze. And the idea is you get so, you feel so uncomfortable when you go in, and you get lost and you just get stuck and i i don't think it's you die in there i don't think that's the idea yeah the whole thing is that it's so it, this maze of house-sized concrete blocks everywhere Scares you so much or makes you feel so uncomfortable, you just kind of go, "Why do I want to be here in the first place?"
2: Maybe that's what they thought about Easter Island, but then that really didn't go the same way. Maybe something.
1: (laughs) It could be. You never know. (laughs) Yeah, we don't know. I think you have to tap into the, you have to tap into the really, really like biological human nature of people of like feeling uncomfortable, feeling the fear to not want to go there. Because Mm. if you label it as dangerous, it just becomes a massive game people yeah. want to go there it's like tempting fate
0: that's the so concern yeah
1: i think you'd have to use pictograms maybe because hieroglyphs yeah. have survived okay
0: yeah but we still don't know what hieroglyphs mean it was only because yeah. we found the um what was rosetta it the, stone. rosetta stone yeah that we understood it it was an absolute
2: flu we didn't know anything about
0: it until like the was it like the it was, it was na- quite early soon, 1900s? Really. yeah, yeah. <laughs> we had no idea what any of the hieroglyphs meant Stealing everything we wanted to steal yeah we were like oh this body will be great this too oh, yeah i love that <laughs> a, a curse if we go in here let's go yeah well
1: exactly the curse if we'll go in there like wow it's really dangerous let's go and have a look
0: let's mm. go do
2: it
1: <laughs> maybe yeah maybe a pictogram of a of somebody who's you know if you touch it you become ill and that this illness spreads
0: mm-hmm. yeah but we just a, a-
2: work on holographs like you know when you um <laughs> You know when you watch a sci-fi film and then like someone touches something on the wall or like on a watch and then it pops out. We need that, but on the like on the door of whatever this happened. happening. I don't know. What oh, it, oh, oh, how crap.
1: would that survive? And, and
2: then like the people in the future go, oh my god, this is so cool. Um, Let's I'm, go we're in. Gonna, we're gonna <laughs> listen to these great beings from the past. I'm not going. <laughs>
1: maybe they'll listen to our podcast and be like actually let's not go in there because three friends said that it's quite dangerous it's
0: very dangerous please don't (laughs) you're listening (laughs) to this thousands of years in the future for some reason
1: don't go in there
0: don't go in there um but there are some really interesting you know like i said there's some off the wall ones as well which i really love um so uh, i'm going to go into the more weird ones slowly like but the first one is basically putting a museum on top of it which is a museum of information about it so instead of it just being please don't come in here it's like please don't come in here and here's a huge museum all about why you shouldn't you know like instead of um just saying no explaining the problem and and hopefully like updating the information so it doesn't get lost but again all these gdfs will be in the middle of nowhere so whether or not people would still be there thousands of years we don't know
1: the... has anybody using like maths because i suppose maths as we understand it doesn't change unless we got it wrong and it does
0: <laughs> <I> suppose <laughs> maths no. maths alone though if you're then trying to interpret that as language again it gets yeah. lost um but yeah and then another one that they've got um which i kind of like so something that's been passed on for thousands of years so a story is uh, religion is like uh, things that have come from like the Bible. That's something that still exists now. It's been updated, but the stories are still roughly the same that are in the Bible, right? So the idea was create a nuclear priesthood, create a religion around nuclear that will pass the stories on like religion has to this day for thousands of years, um, and so it's creating a whole, yeah. Pre- it's called the nuclear priesthood you can join that rage? Right? Uh, no <laughs> also i don't think it's actually a thing it was just like an idea that was thrown out there yeah if you just, join it no <laughs> um wow. and yeah nuclear priesthood or the priesthood of atom um and that was all about finding ways to pass down stories uh and then the last one which i i just love this idea because it's just absolutely mental um were things called ray cats so they're cats we know cats have been around forever right mm-hmm. and it was to genetically engineer cats that when they went near radioactive stuff they changed color <laughs> and the idea was to instill a um like folklore like a story of if if a, if you get to see a cat and it changes color it's a bad sign and you need to move away from wherever the cats changed colour. And even in 2014, a musician musician (laughs) called Emperor X wrote a song called Don't Change Colour, Kitty, Uh, And it was designed to be so catchy and annoying that it might be handed down from generation to generation over the span of 10,000 years (laughs) to go with this cat that would change colour.
1: I think that would be so difficult to do, to try and instill like a folklore now because people are Mm. so, well, I say educated, but people are so aware um, that it would be really hard to sort of do that now to say, oh, if the cat changes colour, don't don't you be like, cats don't change colour and then you'd forget. Yeah. yeah. I think that's what's so hard about it now. Yeah, That's so interesting though that, like, how do you bridge that gap of generation, more generations of humans than there currently have been?
0: Mm-hmm. And how do you how do you anticipate how language is going to change or how people are going to change? Yeah, it's, it's really interesting.
1: Yellow, yeah, just put a pond mm-hmm. shop on top. That's what has needed. Yeah, just
0: write <laughs> yellow. Just it. put
1: loads and loads of captains off off of it, and being like, "These are absorbing <laughs> the <laughs> yeah. no, radiation Guys, work. don't touch them."
0: Maybe you could do reverse psychology and be like, "Please dig here." <laughs> and then, please, then people are like don't please. tell
1: me what to do yeah. I mean, that's probably a good idea actually be like dig right here dig, dig
0: right here and you'll get nothing
1: yeah. and
2: they're yeah. like alright then <laughs> go and dig there then I think that yeah. actually will work
1: yeah. there you go we just solved that problem
2: the whole problem <laughs> dig right here for nothing <laughs> we need yeah. to bring You'd that never up
1: never human disappointment <laughs> <laughs>
2: because i wouldn't dig there,
0: would you but no, if i've been told there was nothing it well, depends if you know <laughs> not for a mile <laughs> not <laughs>
1: for a mile no
2: no you put loads of those across the world and then some of them they are going to be nuclear and some of them won't and then you'll dig one of the ones that doesn't have anything nuclear underneath um
1: this and, isn't like deadly hide-and-seek, this. Yeah, but then,
2: but then it's like, oh, this it, going to be nothing there, so we might yeah. as well not dig all of this yeah. stuff.
1: Yeah, fair enough.
2: I've solved it in one. Amazing. <laughs> need to have a bath. <laughs> cool. Um, well, I've got some facts, maybe, about... <laughs> a boot.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You're going Canadian.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and where that accent came from. Um... What has happened to the wildlife and the environment in um, the area of, you know, in Chernobyl? Um, what's it in the radiation area? Is that what it's called?
1: The total exclusion zone.
2: Yeah, yeah, radiation zone. What do you think's happened to it?
1: I bet is it's it... flourishing. It's lovely. But it's reclaiming it. Is However... that what you think? Pardon?
2: Is that actually what you think? I think <laughs> it probably is reclaiming it. Well, there's no humans there. Because
1: there's no humans. Well, there are some humans, but... Um... there's,
2: like, so much radiation.
1: But, yeah... They can develop radiation. I don't know. They could develop some traits that protect them from the radiation. They might mutate. You a really, really
2: ruined my cool facts. You were meant to go. Nothing can really live there because, like, everything kind of dies. <laughs> That's
0: what you meant. Right,
1: to okay, do. cut this whole bit and we'll. So...
0: This I'll do it yeah. again, please. Yeah.
1: <laughs> go on. Oh, I don't know, Tesney. A lot of things will die.
0: <laughs> I just nothing could survive. Absolutely, <laughs> my up. scientific knowledge says no, it. it will be. Everything is dead.
1: I bet even the concrete dies. <laughs> even
0: dreams are dead. Those babushkas <laughs> that live in the exclusion zone just because they're actually dead. They're just ghosts.
1: And, God, you know, I, mean, I don't know if you've seen it, but it's natural an life. It as well. to your
0: back, so anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care about it
2: anymore. In fact, it doesn't matter. Bye.
0: <laughs> That's your Bye. fact. Who cares about the nature?
2: <laughs> Who cares? And it goes to go to your... Then <laughs>
1: We can't cut that bit now though because it's so funny.
2: <laughs> yeah, I know exactly. We're just gonna go move on to yours. You won't okay. ever know about my cool facts I had. Oh well mine's
1: them. very bringing gonna bring the mood down.
2: Well, that was your own fault. <laughs> <laughs> um
1: well so uh on August the sixth, nineteen forty-five, uh an atomic bomb was detonated over Hiroshima as most people will know, which is an awful thing. Um, but it was the first time that had ever happened, and the Japanese had no idea what had hit them. Uh, it was absolutely catastrophic, and they did, just didn't know what it was. They didn't know people were going to be irradiated to death and everything. Um, and the first, One of the very first clues to what they'd been hit by was the Red Cross Hospital realised every single one of their x-ray films in the facility had been exposed to radiation, they'd all become useless, they'd all become white. So they, that's how they figured out that what had been released was radioactive. Um, so that, uh, each of these uh, these films comes in like a little bag. What do you think they used the bags for after they would realised all of their x-ray film was useless? I wish I
2: knew the answer to this just so I could boo
0: you.
1: <laughs> yeah i knew you wouldn't though so
0: <laughs> i actually don't know that i have a fact that i've just remembered Oh, gosh, that
1: it's which was
0: the, re- the 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 um in america the they didn't know they were testing nuclear bombs right they didn't tell anyone they were testing nuclear bombs and the company kodak found out that they were testing nuclear bombs before anyone else because they had all their Kodak photograph films and they all started getting nuclear particles that were causing little dots to appear on their photographic film that they were, like, trying to sell and everyone kept being like, there's dots on it, why is this? And and they realised by plotting where the dots were worse they managed to find the actual testing area and they went to the government, are you testing stuff? And they were like, oh my God, you can't yeah. know this. What have you done? Kodak knows, even though even the highest people in government, some of them didn't know. But yeah, what were they using the bags for?
1: So um, obviously so many people died that unfortunately the, these bags were used to um, to uh, look after, they put the, the cremated remains of the individuals that died in the... In the um bombs
0: how big are aftermath. these aftermath yeah the bag's they're, not, big. they're not very big oh
1: so god knows how much was left but um yeah in the immediate zone that they were killed uh the any cremated remains were kept in these little bags and uh hopefully reunited with some relatives but it you know if you're quite very near it you there's not much of you left no. i'm trying to
0: figure out how big the bags are like i don't I...
1: they're not they're not very big Oh. I, I should have got size, but yeah, they're not not—they're not very big at all. Uh, but yeah, I think that was uh, very sad. But, you know, its it, it showed that uh, it sort of helped them indicate what had happened so that they could help treat people better with radiation. Well, ease their passing at least. Mm. Um, and then they provided a little...
2: A little bag of ashes.
1: Yeah, a little... <laughs> I don't know how to rephrase it without being really insensitive, but something to give back to the families that had lost somebody.
0: How do you know who's who?
1: Well, usually they take their name before they cremate them.
0: Yeah, they. You don't no. turn to ash when
2: you've been. No, erased, no, erased. I, no, I know, but like there must be so many bodies.
1: Yeah, they were. They were. There were so many bodies. Um, but yeah, I don't know how they identified the little Tesney. I just assume they identified mm-hmm. most of them.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Very yeah. sad. Mm. um quite an inhumane way to be killed really it's not a very nice way to go if anybody's ever researched about the way you die when you've been radio ra- exposed to higher levels of radiation
2: well did you ever not... watch the documentary about um snowball not yeah. documentary they're the, like um series
1: yeah Chernobyl think... on sky yeah, one <laughs>
2: really yeah
0: that's where we're getting really plugged yeah
1: but yeah, very sad. What a note to end on.
0: <laughs> literally, literally. Could have ended on the fact that the wildlife's flourishing in Chernobyl, but uh, no, unfortunately we far ruined far that far one. <laughs> yeah. no, You don't want to hear about the wildlife.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, we just already knew, unfortunately.
2: We don't know everything, so it's fine.
1: Go on then. Is there like no, a three-headed go running around?
0: No. Fine. I feel like I have a, a load of nuclear facts, but they're all so morbid. I don't really want to keep going on that. Yeah, that's, you know,
1: I, <laughs> I, I, I had thought about writing about what happens when you get exposed to radiation, oh, but God. like, oh let's, no, let's not let's go there. Let's not talk about <laughs> that, yeah. yeah. Hmm. It's not nice.
0: I cannot think of one that isn't.
1: Oh, I've got one, quite funny one. Here you are. One last factoid of the day. Uh, when you get yourself an X-ray done, you have to wear a gonad shield, which I find is a really funny word.
0: Is it called is it actually it's called, called, called a gonad, a Go-Nad Shield? Shield. yeah. Oh my gosh. Well,
1: have you not seen how much lead the people operating them wear? And then they're just like put this on your, your bits.
0: Yeah, so you don't have <laughs> to become fertile.
1: Oh well, I don't know whether it's men and women. I'd assume it would be. I think
0: it's just men. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't, I don't
2: know. know. No, I think it is just men because on not Little Britain, what was the other one? with <laughs> Oh my god, you know. No, actually, no, I think it was Little Britain, you know the what. The, there would be a um, dressing as a woman yeah. oh Emily Emily yeah. and he. they went to hospital and the doctor was like you need to put this on and then she was like no I'm a
0: lady oh uh, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it just is because is totally it. it's
1: do you know thinking still. about it Yeah, the the, the spermatozoa are produced externally so to speak
0: yes <laughs> and uh, women's stuff is inside yeah. Yeah. is it?
1: Well, this is a bit of a biology I mean, lesson now. Mine
0: is, I don't know who yours is. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I was saying more that, like, that's an obvious one,
0: Rachel.
1: <laughs> Not that you were doubting that you are inside.
0: <laughs> Your ovaries are on the outside. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, what a turn. Yeah. So we hope you've enjoyed this episode of the podcast. Uh, next week, we're going to talk about rainforest rainforests yeah um if you want to catch us on our socials on instagram we are at particles plants and patients on twitter we are at the 3p podcast uh the number three letter p um mm-hmm. i'm on at it's spelled rachel ael on twitter and instagram elliot where can they find you
1: you can find me on Instagram at Elliot Griffiths ninety eight or on Twitter at Elliot Griff ninety eight.
0: And Tesney,
2: um, you can find me on Instagram at botanical underscore babe with two e's, and then Twitter I
0: don't use anymore. <laughs> 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 and uh, yeah, if you want to. Um, give our podcast a rate like wherever you find it whatever you can do on whatever you use that'll be amazing that really helps us out um we might and put some in- friends and tell your yeah. friends let them listen get
1: your grand and everything get the whole yeah. family involved yeah. and make sure they listen to it on separate devices
0: yeah, go into the, your, your living room or your kitchen and, and turn your Alexa or your Google Home on and ask it to play us. Just to um, get the volume whole family zero, Just play it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just on repeat, please. It really helps. <laughs> wow, now we've finished, like...
0: Now we look desperate.
1: Desperately dr- ad- driven reviews. Let's crack on.
0: <laughs> Thank you for listening, everyone. We'll see you in the next one. Bye. 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 Uh, how
1: i'm
0: not gonna say it again <laughs> i'm trying to remember how to... oh it's da- there, hang on jesus christ <laughs> goodbye <laughs>